I didn't want it. I was just terrified. But, you know, if someone does say something and, you know, you're in it and then you're like, okay, I changed my mind and they continue, that's literally assault. That's rape. Hi, this is Thomas Hudson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome adversity in your life and make an impact in our community. Before I continue with this podcast, I, I compiled a list of 52 tips I wish I knew I was in high school. It's about 20 pages, should take about 30 minutes to an hour to read. Even if you implement just one of these tips every single month, you're going to be in a completely different situation than you are now a year from now. If you have a friend that's in this funk, a friend, a classmate, a family member, and they can't seem to get out of it, share the Teenage Impact Podcast with them because I've interviewed so far 35 people from all around the world, five different countries. And this podcast is listened in over 25 different countries. And it's the best podcast for any teenage kid to listen to, to learn about how to overcome certain struggles in different areas of their life. Today's podcast guest is Michaela Nichols. Michaela is a best-selling author of Blatantly Honest, where she talks about her own teen struggles and teen social issues. She also created two children's coloring books focused on anti-bullying and body image insecurities. She's also a youth motivational speaker. She travels around the country going to elementary, middle, and high schools. She's also a podcaster and influencer, but she wants to inspire people and she wants to break the stigma around certain teen social issues. Today's podcast is going to be about how to overcome certain struggles as a teenage kid, like bullying, body image insecurities, and sexual assault. Give it up for Michaela Nichols. Michaela is tuning in from Orlando, Florida. How are you? Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having having me. I'm honored to be here and it's going to be a great time. Uh huh. And we're going to be talking about a lot of her personal struggles right now. She's a senior at UCF and she's also a youth speaker and has some cool projects going on in the works. So before you got into uh, UCF and became a youth speaker and then started inspiring people, you started modeling at the age of 14. How did you get started? So I got started modeling. I was actually walking through a mall, believe it or not, and I was in Macy's of all places and I was walking around and this guy was kind of watching me and I was like, what is he doing? Like, is he following me? And he came over eventually, thank God, because I was getting a little skeeved out. Um, He's like, hey, I'm a model scout. Have you ever thought about modeling? And I was like, no, like not my thing. I'm very much a tomboy, not as much anymore, um, but I used to be. And I was like, no. And long story short, I ended up modeling. Um, I went to some like scouting convention and I was talking to people and I got offered a bunch of different contracts with agencies. I signed with Wilhelmina when I was 14 years old. So I was one of their youngest girls. So Mm -hmm. it was very exciting. You talk a lot about how modeling actually fed into some of your insecurities and that's how some of your eating disorders form. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So being a model, there's obviously so many expectations you're held up to. You know, you look in a magazine and you see these picture perfect women and men. And it usually used to be like one size was all. It was always the tiny girls. And for me, playing sports, that was like, like I said, tomboy. Um, I was very athletic and I loved to be active and I would put on a lot of muscle, which was a no-no in that industry, which whatever, doesn't make sense to me, but you know, that's what it was. And I was told that I needed to lose weight and, you know, telling a little 14 year old girl, Hey, you know what? You need to lose 20 pounds. And I was already tall and skinny. I suffered from eating disorders because I wanted to be something that I wasn't. So. Yeah. I can really see the pressure that they probably put on you, not just, you know, in modeling, but just uh, in society in general with social media uh, mm-hmm. to Facebook, Instagram, you know, a lot of times we compare ourselves with other people, whether it's um, when it comes to our weight or whether it comes to other aspects of our life, we always have to live up to that expectations. And I feel like anxiety could kind of form from that as well. Oh, yeah, def- definitely. Anxiety is something that I've always kind of struggled with. As you know, from being in a classroom, I used to be very shy, believe it or not. And just, you know, getting called on randomly created that like, Ugh, in the classroom. And then as far as modeling, you know, walking into rooms and having to put on this, hey, I'm here, it's all great face. And, you know, it, it just made me start feeling anxious that people were always judging me no matter where I was. Mm-hmm. And how did you, I, I know I interviewed another person who had an eating disorder. How did you eventually overcome it? So it was very hard. Um, mm-hmm. I suffered from anorexia and bulimia. So for those of you who don't know what that means, bulimia is basically when you eat um, and then you kind of per or throw up and like get rid of it. Um, and anorexia was just more of like the thought of not wanting to eat for me personally. And it was hard. I didn't realize how much of a problem it was because I thought I was doing the right thing. But my parents were like, hey, Michaela, like you're looking a little yellow, like we can see all your bones. And um, so they took me to a nutritionist and they're kind of push to be like, hey, this isn't healthy. Let's see another way you can still, you know, do what you have to do, but in a healthy way. So it was really my parents that kind of helped me through it because without them, God knows where I'd be. So. I know there's a lot of people going through the same thing that you did. How, what tips do you have for them? Oh my goodness. Well, honestly, first, like the first step always be honest with yourself. And that's hard to say, hard to feel, but just being honest with yourself, like, Hey, I might have a problem um, because it is characterized as like a mental, a mental thing. So addressing it is always the first step and just, it's so overrated, but stop comparing yourself to people because you know, we all look in the magazines, we look on TV and for guys and the fitness people. And, you know, we see all these things that we want to be, but realistically, not everyone's supposed to look that way because if they did, well, that takes a whole, you know, purpose out of people. So really just addressing the problem, you know, realizing that there is help and then doing something about it. Absolutely. So on one end, uh, you're modeling and you're trying to be this picture perfect girl for them. And then you're back at school where the other kids are bullying you. By the way, I've uh, had my fair share of 15 years of bullying myself. But you're at school as well. And people are bullying you for being a model, for being tall, for being skinny. Uh, What were some of the things that they said or did? Oh my goodness. Well, how much time you got? Because there's a few. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a whole, uh, whole a conversation whole, just on this. 
Right. But no, it was, it started off when I was younger, mainly because like I lived a privileged lifestyle and I got to experience things that my peers didn't. And they became very jealous of that. They became very like, oh, Michaela thinks she's better. And it started when I was young, like little itty bitty. And in middle school, it kind of progressed into more of, hey, we're going to crumple our food and throw it on her and exclude her and make fun of, you know, just I'd get slammed into the lockers. I'd sit down at lunch and people would get up and move. Uh, So I used to eat in my teacher's classrooms. And believe it or not, I was actually picked on by a few of my teachers who we went on this trip and we were supposed to eat pizza and some models don't eat pizza, not all, because they will say they do. But I personally was like, I'm not going to eat pizza because I'm already struggling with my weight enough. So I got pulled out of my like room. We were staying in the Grand Canyon and I got pulled out of my hotel room by two of my teachers. And they were like, Michaela, you're disgusting. You look gross, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, holy crap, like my teachers are now coming after me. Wow. And, um, so yeah, I got that and a bunch of other stuff. I got bullied because of my sexual assault, um, which we can kind of dive into in a minute. Yeah, I got bullied because of that. And I don't know the rating on this podcast, but they called me very uh, mean names, <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, in, in that regard. But really, it was just girls mainly and guys, you know, were kind of figuring out like, oh, maybe Michaela is cute kind of thing. And so they were picking on me and saying names. And so it was hard. hard. Were were these people that were your so-called friends or were these people that were strangers or acquaintances in your classrooms? Yeah, so a little bit of both. I had two very best friends who I thought at least were my best friends. And they kind of turned their back on me and just 100% just backstabbed me. And I saw it like coming out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know. And they really just started to go after me. And then, you know, my peers, then there was a lot of cyberbullying, sometimes from people I didn't even know, believe it or not, which is more and more common, unfortunately. But I was kind of getting all, all the realms from friends, from peers, and pretty much a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. What did you do to kind of prevent that or mitigate that those situations? Well, you know, it was hard for me to specifically prevent it because... Mm-hmm. And this I, is all at 14, 15 or you... It was oh, it, it was time. like, so it started when I was young, so probably like mm, elementary school and just mm-hmm. kind of got progressively worse through high school. So I was a senior in high school and now even still people come after me, but Mm -hmm. the the worst of it was mainly high school. It was just, it was hard and there was no way I could really prevent it except just ignoring the fact that, you know what, like I am who I am. And if you don't like that, well, tough. (laughs) Um, But at the time it it really hurt my self-esteem. It gave me more anxiety. It made me feel depressed. I felt very alone, but no, there was nothing I could really do to stop it except be like, hey, I am who I am. So Yeah, confidence is a big issue. Uh, it's when someone says a small thing, regardless if they're joking or not, you never know how the other person can take it mm-hmm. and can lead to confidence issues and self-esteem issues later on in life. You know, I'm 28 years old, 10, 15 years later, you know, I'm, I consider myself a pretty confident person now, but, you know, there's still minor things here and there, which I get insecure about. It's just because things people used to say and do to me. What's what, you know, the bullying goes on 
everyone. Everyone gets affected with bullying. I saw one of your talks where you said, hey, raise your hand if you get bullied. You know, I'm sure everyone at some point in life gets bullied. What are a couple of tips for them to implement? It's always a tough question because I really believe that each individual case is a little bit different. It's hard because, you know, sometimes you can walk into a room and really see the kid that's bullied. You can feel the way the energy shifts like against them and it's horrible. You know, bullying is just so, it's a traumatic experience for pretty much everyone involved because not to like bully shame, but bullies are bullies for a reason. And I think the first step to prevent bullying is realizing like, oh my God, I might be a bully because we, you know, we say things we don't mean and I'm guilty of it to this day, you know, and realizing that the words you say to people really do matter. And, you know, if you're being bullied to maybe even vocalize to that specific person, like, Hey, this bothers me. And then if they don't stop, like, then obviously it's intent uh, to bully someone, but it's just, it's realizing that it's happening. It's realizing that you're not alone and that more importantly, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. And to add on to that, you know, if someone says something mean now to me, I don't really take offense to it yeah. uh, because, you know, eventually as the years go on, uh, you have two choices. You can either be ashamed of who you are or you can either be proud of who you are. And if you're truly proud of who you are and someone says something about you, it doesn't, uh, doesn't really bother you as much. Yeah, there's a saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I agree with you, but yeah. also I think that some people aren't in the right mental place to realize Absolutely. that you know, they're just words and mm-hmm. words hurt, they stick, but it's, you know, how you react to those words being mm-hmm. spoken. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now let's uh, transition into the part where you, you said you were sexually assaulted mm-hmm. and then slut shame for it. Can you go and t- uh, tell your story about that? Yeah. So, you know, when I was going through all my bullying, mainly it started when I was modeling because I used to be the girl that was hanging out with all the guys and no one looked at me twice and I was tall, not really developed, still not. And, um, you know, I was just kind of like one of the guys. And when I started modeling, all of that kind of changed. And it was like, oh, like Michaela, huh, she's a little bit cute. Like, I'm just realizing this now. It was very sudden and drastic and then this one really popular guy captain on the football team like you know that guy that story and we were friends like best friends at the time and we'd hang out every day and subtly he started like making jabs you know like smacking me on the butt and like whatever and it kind of escalated almost then he was trying to kiss me and trying to do other stuff and I was like whoa 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 like we're friends what are you doing and then one day he just fully went for it for better lack of words and sexually assaulted me. And when I think about it, I was so traumatized in the experience that um, I was going through that I didn't even realize what it was. I didn't realize it was assault. I didn't realize that I didn't have a choice in that situation. And to this day, thinking about it, it's like, could I have done something differently? For better lack of words, the abuse, if you will, went on for like a year and I kept it to myself because I was already so bullied. I already felt so alone that I didn't want people to come after me for another reason. So, you know, I just let this abuse happen over and over and day after day. It was, it was hard. 
And it's still like, I, it's like having another person within me, which sounds crazy. Like that version of me is like out of body almost because it's like, this just went on for so long and I let it happen to me for so long. And I was so scared of speaking up. And one day my parents get called into the principal's office and I was a goody two shoes, you know, like I was the girl that got great grades and did all these things. And I felt sick going to school every day and I got called in the principal's office. So it was weird. And I vividly remember walking in, seeing my parents, the guidance counselor, and I literally almost threw up. And I knew in that moment that they knew everything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that go through this and they don't speak up about it. What would you recommend to them? If they're listening to this right now and they might be going through a similar situation and they're in your boat where they feel alone, uh, they feel bullied, and they feel like there's no way out, uh, what can they do? So many things. They can do so many things because, you know, I, not that I'm mad at myself for mm-hmm. not speaking up because I can't and I choose not to be, but it's hard. And people that are like, oh, it's easy to speak out. Like, no, it's not. It's not yeah. And, you know, there's that, there's a, I think it's like flight, fight, or freeze. And I froze. And I allowed myself to freeze. And if you find yourself freezing, realize that there's nothing wrong with you, number one, because that's a response. That's a human response and to kind of deny it. But people need to not be afraid of the judgment that they'll face coming forward. They need to accept, you know what, this isn't right. This isn't right for me. And your biggest advocate is yourself. And that's so hard to feel, especially when you're a victim of sexual assault, rape, abuse just come forward because if not for someone else for yourself because honestly at the end of the day it's for you it's to help you in their ways and there's people that want to help so and honestly like if you come forward you're not just helping yourself that person could be doing it to several other people yeah. And just if everyone is afraid to open it up and if just one person just steps forward and says, hey, you know, I'm a victim, then slowly the other victims will come out and reach out for help as well. Yeah. And I always say that in this particular case, when, you know, when it was found out Uh at first, because I kept it in for so long, people were kind of blaming me and they're like, oh, maybe she is like a hoe or whatever. I would say the other words. Maybe, maybe she wanted this. Maybe this is all her having someone tell you that having someone tell you like hey you wanted that or hey you wanted this or whatever that does a lot of damage and i think when women do come forward or men and they're like oh well maybe you did want it and you changed your mind okay like consent can change at any point ever so that's something people need to keep in mind especially i mean for me i didn't want it i was just terrified But, you know, if someone does say something and, you know, you're in it and then you're like, okay, I changed my mind and they continue, that's literally assault. That's rape. Uh So people need to realize that, you know, you can't blame the victim and it's okay to be a victim, but you don't have to be a victim your whole life. Uh Uh-huh. Well, your parents were pretty supportive of you, correct? Yes. (laughs) My Um, parents were amazing. Yeah, you had amazing parents. Uh, I'm sure there's 
other parents that aren't as supportive. Mm-hmm. If, if someone doesn't have supportive parents, where can they go? You know, the thing that's great about having friends and meeting people and people genuinely care. And at least I believe, and I tell myself every day that people genuinely care and have to. But, you know, if you don't have parents, trust, trust in a friend, trust in, sometimes it's even helpful to talk to strangers. And I know that sounds random, but, you know, if you're ever on a plane and start talking to the person next to you, sometimes just venting to anyone can help Mm -hmm. or venting to a doctor, venting to a psychiatrist or psychologist or something of that nature. Like there's nothing wrong in talking to someone and someone supports you somewhere always. Mm -hmm. You've kind of developed these insecurities uh, throughout elementary, middle school, high school, even a little bit in college. Mm -hmm. What are things you can do right now to uh, overcome some of those insecurities? Oh, goodness. So yeah, insecurities, I feel like no matter what age we are in life, and I bet you can attest to this too, there's always something that we're insecure about. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter whatever, if you think you're the most perfect person ever, there's always something where like, eh, realizing that you are who you are. And I think a lot of it has to do with comparison. So if you compare yourself to someone all the time, it's like, it's not going to happen. So really just kind of talking yourself through things and accepting Mm -hmm. your flaws is very important. And I work on that every day to this day. So just being honest with yourself, like, hey, I'm not perfect, but I have really awesome eyebrows or, you know, something like, you know, just look at the little things, the little things. Uh Uh And and just to know that we get so self-absorbed on ourselves that, you know, there's all these things wrong with us and everyone else is perfect. And to realize that everyone else is thinking the same exact thing that you are like Mm -hmm. the focus. Oh my gosh. Like, what did I say? What did I do? I could have done this differently. So just know you're never alone. Yes. In that situation. And you also mentioned that you wanted to commit suicide at uh, a certain point in your life. Yeah. So I thought about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never made any actual advances for doing so. But when I was being bullied really bad and when the sexual assault was going on and the cyberbullying and the anxiety of you know, do people like me? Do people want me here? You know, people were told, hey, Michaela, die. Like, I hope you die. Mm -hmm. And hearing those things over and over and over again, and then also, you know, going through the abuse that I went through made me feel like I was worthless and made me feel like my life didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it breaks my heart that those are the thoughts that went through my head because, I mean, I'm sure you know, like you turn on the TV and it's like, kid kills himself, kid, six years old, kid. It's like, I didn't even know what that was when I was six years old. And now it's become so, so horrifically common for people to jump to that conclusion and thinking that I thought about that conclusion terrifies me because suicide is permanent. You know, these little small blimps in life, I call them little blimpies, they are short you know, when you're in that headspace, it, it seems like forever. And it's, it's not. Absolutely. So. You know, I, I was interviewing Mark Merrill and he was, you know, in that situation where he was about to commit suicide, you know, he pretty much lost his whole family, his mom, dad, sister, brother, addicted to drugs. And he was going to make that decision. He's so glad he didn't because now he speaks in like two, 300 schools a year. Mm-hmm. 
impacting so many lives. And if, you know, that small moment that you're going through, you know, just know that it's just a small part of your life that you're probably not going to remember as much 20 years from now. Exactly. And yeah, thinking, thinking back on when I was in that headspace, it's hard because, you know, I went through all the things that I went through for a reason and Mm -hmm. so did you and so did everyone else. Absolutely. But it's a matter of pushing through and getting through that dark place and realizing Mm -hmm. like, you know what, it's not so bad. How, How did you get involved with inspiring the youth? (laughs) so I always laugh about it because I never in a million years thought Uh I would be doing what I'm doing now and I'm sure you can like testify to that too Mm -hmm. it I feel like you know and for people listening I like I believe in God and I believe that I am here for a reason and I found my purpose and you know at the time I was like I'm gonna be America's like top model I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that me 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 And that's how I thought. And I don't think that way anymore. I remember just like going through all this stuff and I was like, there has to be a reason. And then I wrote my book. (laughs) Um, So, you know, this is kind of like, I went through all these things and I realized that people go through horrible, horrific events every day and it's what you do with it. And I was like, I'm going to write a book to let people know that, Hey, you're not alone. Your life matters, and Absolutely. so I did, and that was that was the start of all of this. Uh-huh. And what are some of the schools you went to? Have you? Oh been my to? goodness, I have been to a lot. To name them, I just spoke out in like Kansas and Nebraska. I was just out in San Francisco. Um, I do a lot in the Florida areas and donations, and some all over the place, but definitely. Uh-huh is special in its own way don't want to pick one because that would be rough but (laughs) (laughs) and what's your book about so my book is pretty much about everything that you know we've been talking about but like in-depth bullying body image peer pressure mental health uh suicide assault you know just just the things that we all go through when we're young and don't necessarily know how to navigate so mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of like that Ned's Declassified show, which is probably like, I don't know if you remember that show, but I used to watch that show. And it's kind of like an advice book. So my story, my advice. And yeah. And uh, blatantly honest, correct? Blatantly honest. Yes. Normal okay. Abnormal life. Where can people book. find that book? So they can find it at Barnes and Noble on my website, Amazon. So it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And how if can I order s- from me, I personalize like each book on the inside and they get a cute Ooh. little note. So wow. kind of fun. <laughs> and how can someone be blatantly honest with themselves? Oh man, I love this question. Being blatantly honest is like, hey, here's the straight up answer. Like mm-hmm. me or don't it's just about, you know, if you can't admit the truth to yourself, like who can you admit the truth to? You have to be straight with yourself. If you're not going to be honest and upfront with anyone else, at least be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Just be honest with yourself. Yes. Sometimes the truth will hurt, but. Truth definitely hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sometimes also it's the most important thing we have. And Mm -hmm. if we can't tell our own truth, then I don't, Mm -hmm. nothing can. And Michaela, uh, do you have any last tips for teenagers going through some type of struggle right now and feel like they're alone? So, you know, I keep keep saying be honest and realize that your life is so valuable. Mm 
mm-hmm. and we only get one life. I think we forget that. I feel like we all think we're going to have like this alternate universe kind of thing, which, hey, I don't know. I'm, you know, that's not up for me to decide. But the life we're given now, we need to use and utilize and have a purpose. So regardless of, you know, what you think you're going through right now and what you are going through right now, it's, it's not forever. It's not mm-hmm. permanent and you will get through it and your life matters and the world needs you. And yeah, you just have to believe in yourself even when it feels like no one else does. Mm-hmm. And, and you hit it straight on with purpose part because, you know, everyone, uh, some people find a purpose early on. You know, I've interviewed actually some 13, 14 year olds who found their purpose right now and they're pursuing their goals and dreams. And then I, I interview other people that's much older that find their purpose later on in life. So purpose is what really drives us to become happier and fulfilled. Yes, purpose is so important. And like you said, you know, some people find it young. I found it young when I didn't even realize what I was trying to find. Mm-hmm. And some people might find it when you're 90, you know, like yeah. it, you can't really. Who, who knows? Find it. But it'll find you. I think uh-huh. your purpose always finds you. Mm-hmm. And Michaela, where can people uh, find you? <laughs> um, they can find me. Oh my God. Well, I have an Instagram, um, which is just Michaela Nichols. My website, they can follow me on my podcast, which is on Spotify. They can maybe like send a bat signal and I'll appear it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but I, I'm available to do speaking engagements everywhere and anywhere. Just reach out to me on my website, which is MichaelaNichols.com. And yeah, just try to spell Michaela Nichols into your Google search engine and uh, it'll, it'll show up somewhere somehow. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you know, we've been in contact for I think a month or something. So grateful to have you on and just shed a light to everyone. I appreciate it. It has been such an honor mm-hmm. talking with you and you're going to do amazing things. You already are. So I'm happy to be part of your journey. Thank you so much. She talked about different topics, but I want to touch base on one topic I haven't talked about in any of my episodes and that's sexual assault. You know, I haven't experienced sexual assault and I don't know anyone uh, that I know of that experienced sexual assault, but it's a, a topic that I really want to talk about from talking to Michaela. If you are being sexually assaulted and you don't want to open up because you don't either want to be slut shamed, you, you don't want to be judged, you think you're in the wrong and that no one will believe you, the first step to anything is just to open up to a trusted adult. You don't have to fight through this alone. Whatever you're going through, there are so many other people who have gone through this or are going through this right now, whether it is teenagers or whether it is adults. It's very common. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it's important to touch base on this topic. And if once you open up to the subject, uh, to a trusted adult, you're not only helping yourself, you could be possibly helping out other people that are being sexually assaulted by that same person. So help yourself and help other people. But it's extremely important to not be ashamed of what you're going through. It's extremely important to get help right away. I can't stress that enough. Whether you're being sexually assaulted or you have this other issue, a trusted adult will help you get through any struggle that you're going through. So go get help. If you're tuning in the Teenage Podcast for the first time, please don't forget to rate and review the Teenage Podcast because I'm trying to inspire as many teens 
as possible and I'm trying to change people's lives. So rate and review so I can have that reach and so I can inspire more teens. Until next time.